Hey everybody, welcome to Riker Explains It All. Today's episode is going to be a little bit more on the heavy side. Um, my podcast is going to be kind of a mixture of the heavy stuff and the lighthearted stuff because that is how real life is. There's ups and downs. And today I want to talk about a very, very special person in my life. Um, this person has inspired me, has taught me, has shown me what true bravery is, um, has shown me how to be a very positive person, has shown me to appreciate life and to not leave anything unsaid. This person ha- means the world to me and she is only she was only seven years old when she started these lessons. Um, her name is Valentina and I am a teacher. So Valentina was a student of mine and um, I had been a teacher at a different school in an inner city school for three years and decided to make a move to the school that I actually went to as an elementary school, Devonair. And my first year there, I taught fourth grade and I kind of, the whole first year kind of regretted the move. I didn't feel like these kids really needed me as much as the kids at the other school did. And I felt like my purpose was kind of lacking at this school. So fast forward a year later, uh, now I'm teaching second grade and in a setting that I had never taught in before. It was myself as the teacher. I also had a co-teacher and there was a student in the class who had a paraprofessional. So there was three of us, three adults in the classroom uh, teaching 18 kids. And on the first day of school, I regular first day of school, I'm greeting all the families, welcoming the kids into the classroom. And this tiny, she was extra tiny, she was smaller than all the other kids, this tiny little girl walks in with her mom, and this girl has no hair. And I'm not talking about very short hair, I'm talking about bald, no hair. So immediately, I assume as you would, that she is a cancer patient or survivor or is going through treatment. And I remember (laughs) looking at my uh, paraprofessional, who is actually a dear friend of mine, and kind of, I guess, my eyes said, uh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to teach a kid? Or not teach a kid, but how am I going to facilitate this little girl? And... My paraprofessional just looked at me and kind of signaled to take a deep breath, which I'm going to do right now. (laughs) So as I collected myself, I went over to greet the little girl and her mom. And the mom was so matter of fact about her daughter's prognosis, not prognosis, but her condition. And just kind of almost spoke about the cancer as if it was allergies. She just said, hi, you know, this is Valentina and we will, we're excited for school. And, you know, of course, we're going to miss some days because of doctor appointments, but we will be here as much as we can. And in my head, I'm kind of thinking, well, duh, of course, you're going to miss appointments and duh, that's not going to be a problem because we're going to get do whatever it is that is needed to get her through everything. So I really tried to take the mom's lead on how she treated the situation and tried to just treat it as a matter of fact and we're going to do whatever needs to be done. So I tried to really make Valentina feel comfortable because I could not imagine being a little girl in school completely bald. I would have been very self-conscious. I would have been worried about being made fun of. So I wanted to make sure that I provided a setting where she did feel very safe. So school starts in August and September is actually childhood cancer awareness. So I took that opportunity to use that time to teach the kids about childhood cancer, kind of put them at ease because also seven-year-olds don't typically see students in their class who are going through cancer. So it's, it was a very unique thing for everybody. So I remember to, to kind of hit off the childhood cancer awareness, I asked Valentina if she wanted to tell the class what was going on and kind of her experience at at that point. And it amazed me how this little tiny seven-year-old stood up in front of the class. We got in a little circle so that we could all be intimate with it. 
And she explained how she found out that she had cancer. She showed them her scars from the removing the cancer and answered all their questions so maturely. It was ridiculous because she was seven. Um, one of the big things that I was told from an, a fellow parent who had a child with cancer was um, to make sure that the kids and the parents understand that cancer is not contagious because apparently a lot of people think that the cancer is contagious and that alienates the children in itself, which is kind of crazy that people think that. But she explained it like a champ and the kids were very, it was very cool to watch them because they were very curious, but I was a little worried that they were going to ask some inappropriate questions and no one did. Everybody was very caring. Um, someone did ask about her hair and how she felt about not having hair. And she was just answered that she thought she looked cute with her bald head, which she did. So I also bought the classroom uh, gold bracelets, the little rubber bracelets for to, you know, raise awareness for childhood cancer. And St. Jude puts on a walk. And this walk was at the Dolphin Stadium for St. Jude Childhood Cancer Awareness to raise money for the cause. So I took that opportunity to make a school team and I titled it um, DAC8 Loves Valentina. So we created team shirts so that when whoever, whoever wanted to attend the walk could represent not just the school, but Valentina. Again, I wanted to make her feel special and important and know that she was cared for. So there was a lot. Our school is a K through eight school. So it's from kindergarten through eighth grade. So our teacher population and our student population is quite large. So it was very cool to see the teachers and the students wearing the shirts around school because on Fridays you could wear t-shirts. So that was kind of became the Friday shirt. And it was very nice to see Valentina so prideful of, oh my gosh, they're wearing my shirt. And I had a cartoon character that looked like her uh, that, that was on the cover of the shirt. I remember the day that we took the shirts to deliver them. I, we, we didn't charge the shirts. We didn't charge for the shirts to make profit. We charged them at cost. But I, my big thing was I wanted her to be the ones to deliver the shirts because it's her face on it. It's her team. And I thought people who bought it to support her would enjoy receiving it from her. So she and I ran around the school like mad men. <laughs> I even got her onto a cart and wheeled her through because it was the campus is large and we were just running all over the place and the poor thing is just exhausted. And she was so, you could see her at the beginning, a little timid, a little nervous to walk into, especially the middle school rooms. But, but I don't know, 10 minutes into it, she was thought she was just the coolest thing in the world. And she was. So then we actually attended the St. Jude Walk, administration came, teachers came, students came, and it was so cool at the walk to see all these people who were supporting this little girl. And she, she really got a kick out of that. Um, throughout the year, her hair started to grow back and she thought her little peach fuzz on her head was just the cutest thing. And she liked to rub it. She'd sit there in class and rub it like a genie almost. <laughs> and um, that was adorable to watch. Adorable and heartbreaking at the same time. And then I remember that she needed hearing aids because I, I think because from the t cancer treatment, somehow that affected her hearing and she had lost some hearing. She wasn't completely deaf, but it was definitely a hard of hearing situation. And I remember her wanting the earpiece to be hot pink. And her mom was like, are you sure you're going to have this really big hot pink thing in your ear? <laughs> so they, they compromised at a, a clear or nude one or maybe it had glitter on it. But then she had adorable hearing aid accessories and she wore those instead of earrings and she really rocked it. It was just absolutely adorable. Oh my gosh, I remember this one teacher, one of the special area teachers you have to wear a microphone as the teacher to connect to the hearing aid so that she can hear you better. And this lady did not want to put on the hearing aid, uh, the microphone for the hearing aids. So I asked her why and she said, well, what if I curse? I mean, my gosh, what is wrong with people? Long story short, I tattletailed on, I tattletailed on her and made her wear the microphone because that is ridiculous. You don't mess with my little Valentina. So then around January time, I did a project in social studies about producers and consumers. And I had the kids come up with pretend it was all 
playful, but uh, shops and items to sell. That way I was getting a double whammy of social studies with producers and consumers, and I was working in money so that they could learn how to add, subtract money, learn if they're making a profit or if they're making a loss. And I remember Valentina set up a pet shop and she brought her stuffed animals and she loves money. She was hilarious. She'd sit there and she counted all her money and correctly, by the way. And so I told her, I was like, you should open up a shop or something. And she told me that she always wanted to have a lemonade stand. Well, ding, ding, ding. Let's have a lemonade stand because why not? So we created a day. Uh, our school used to have these things called walkathons, which I don't know why they were called walkathons because nobody walks. But we took advantage of the next walkathon, which was in January, and had a lemonade stand. So it was Valentina's lemonade stand. And it was the same little character that I used on the t-shirt for the school. And I used that for the lemonade stand. And she actually made lemonade and she actually sold it for real money. And uh, the school was so generous and they let her keep that money. I mean, it wasn't, you know, thousands of dollars or anything, but I think it was a couple hundred that she actually profited and she was going to save it. And she, she just ate up that whole money concept. That was, that was really fun to orchestrate that. I actually missed the lemonade stand day because I had gotten married in January and was on my honeymoon during that lemonade stand, but I got lots of pictures. Um, so fast forwarding a little bit more and that school year, we got news that the cancer came back, which was absolutely devastating. And I will never forget, uh, one of the PTSA parents now kind of everybody was into helping her and helping the family and just raising awareness and making sure that she felt special. So one of the PTSA moms had an idea to sell the Live Like Bella socks. Live Like Bella is an organization in our community that from a, a family who did lose their child to childhood cancer. Obviously her name was Bella and they raise money for the cause of trying to find a cure. So again, the whole school's wearing these socks that are, yes, they say Live Like Bella on them, but everybody had an understanding that we were doing that fundraiser for Valentina. And it was really cool to watch it. And, you know, and of course, we all have to wear pants and everything, but everyone was hiking up their pants and walking around with these honestly hideous socks, but it was adorable. They were red and had yellow uh, awareness ribbon with some blue and a drawing. And it was not the cutest sock ever, but it, it was nice how much it did stand out because you knew you were representing. But anyway, that day that the whole school wore them, was a weird day for us because it's cool that everybody was supporting her, but that day her hair was just falling out in chunks at school. She had this cute little clip in her hair and the clip fell out onto her desk with a chunk of hair in it. And she just looked up at me with tears in her eyes and so frustrated. She was more frustrated that it was just coming off in chunks. She just wanted it off. So that night, her um, mom's boyfriend at the time, now they're married, but her mom's boyfriend went ahead and shaved her head and she just thought she was so much happier with it shaved. She thought she looked cute with it shaved and she didn't have to watch the hair coming off anymore. But it was just so frustrating and heartbreaking. And I don't know what it is about the hair because hair is such a false sense of health. Just because she had hair didn't mean she was healthy. The cancer had come back. So... The difference of her having hair one day and then bald the next day is just a shock to the eyes. And it just reminds you that the cancer is there and that it's real and that it's back. Because on the outside, other than the hair, she looked normal, acted normal, had normal energy level. Um, for the most part, she did have some days where she just would take a nap in the back because she was just so fatigued and then she'd go home early. But she was on the playground, running around, playing tag, orchestrating recess time. I mean, she, she just was so full of life. So that school year ends and she and I kept in touch over the summer through her mom. And when it comes time for the next school year, I find out that I'm going to be a third grade teacher. Now remember, I just taught second grade. And the principal calls me into his office to ask me, 
if I would like to be Valentina's teacher again. Because apparently there were some people on the staff that felt that I was too involved uh, in her life. Which is kind of funny that they thought that because they don't know the half of it. Um, During the second grade year, Valentina did miss a lot of school because of her treatment and because of doctor appointments and things like that. And that year, I don't want to say every single day that she missed... Because I can't say that for certain, but almost every single day that that girl missed, after school, I would go to the hospital and I would teach her what she missed. So she did not miss a beat with school. And that was important to her and it was important to me because we didn't want, we wanted to make sure that she didn't fall behind and have to repeat a grade because of attendance or whatever. So whoever was saying that I was too involved didn't even know that I was doing that. And was I too involved? I guess you could say that, but who cares? The only person that has anything to lose by me being too involved is me. She didn't have anything to lose and her mom didn't have anything to lose. So I thought that was kind of ridiculous that they even questioned it because if I'm okay with it, leave it alone. But when he asked me if I wanted to be her teacher, I double checked with her mom that she wanted it. And obviously she said yes, of course. So I said yes, of course. And I got to be her teacher again in third grade, which was a huge blessing to me. Um, so I just gotten married in sec- when I taught her in second grade. And then in third grade, um, we found out that we were expecting a child. So I got to announce my pregnancy with a little puzzle that I did Um at the Thanksgiving lunch with the parents and the kids together. So everybody was solving the puzzle at once. And actually this year, I didn't have the same type of classroom that I did for my second grade class. My second grade class was 18 kids and that was it. In third grade, I actually shared the kids with another teacher in a different classroom. I taught certain subjects. She taught the other subjects. And then halfway through the day, we swapped classes. So Together with both of our classes, I would say it was about 50 kids total. So when we did this Thanksgiving lunch together, it was the 50 kids plus all their parents. So it was a massive group that was doing this puzzle at the same time. And then at the end of it, it said, your teacher's going to have a baby. So Valentina is very smart and she solved the, she was one of the first to solve the puzzle. And she comes up to me and she shows me the paper. And I said, what does it say? And she goes, your teacher's going to have a baby. And I was like, yeah. I could tell she kind of didn't really understand. She was more excited that she solved the puzzle than really, you know, reading what it said. So I was like, yeah, I'm your teacher. I'm going to have a baby. And she was like, yeah. She's like, wait, what? (laughs) And so she was also confused because I guess when kids think of someone who's pregnant, you automatically think of the big belly. And I had only been two months pregnant maybe three months pregnant I was three months pregnant so I really wasn't showing and then when she realized that the baby was in my belly just really really tiny she was so excited it was so cute and adorable so now I'm pregnant and I'm dealing with this so it just brings in another element of difficulty and Just another level of complexity, I guess you could say. So we're kind of thinking the cancer might be getting better. Is it coming back? We're not really sure. Valentina's complaining of back pain. And she doesn't complain. The girl does not complain about anything. She's kind of like, oh, my back hurts a little bit. So she goes to get a scan. I actually went with her to the scan. And you know what? Let me tell you something really quick. Her mother is one of the most selfless people in the whole world. Because I don't know, now that I have children of my own, I don't know that I would have let someone else be around her as much as she let me because I was kind of stealing her time. I remember for this scan for her back, um, Valentina asked if I could go into the MRI room with her. And I was cool with it, but I felt bad that her mom wasn't going to go in. I mean, really, it's just an MRI. It's not like you're, you know, missing anything. But it was just very cool that her mom was very receptive of me and willing to go sit in the waiting room while I sat with her in the scan. So I'm forever, I'm forever grateful for her generosity of sharing so much time with me. 
After the scan, we did find out that the cancer was back, which was another devastating blow. Very ups and downs, ups and downs. And really when it was ups, it was a cautious up because we were afraid of the down again. So with the cancer in her back, they decide that they need to do surgery to remove the cancer and uh, do chemotherapy as well, I believe. So Valentina goes to have back surgery to remove the cancer. And as a result of the surgery, I, I think it might have been an, a, a possible expected result just because it's the back. But as a result of the surgery, Valentina was paralyzed from the waist down, which was another blow. But she took that in stride so well, too. She just, she, I don't understand how she was so tolerant of all the crap that she was dealt. I don't know how else to phrase that. But she was just, oh, okay, I'm going to get a wheelchair and okay, I'm going to do physical therapy. Physical therapy, she did not like. I will say that. I think it was painful and I think that it was very difficult to, to try to do what they were asking her to do. So she, she did not enjoy the physical therapy uh, unless it was a day where they brought in the therapy dogs and she could kind of pet the dog while she did her therapy that, that made it better. But she spent a lot of more time in the hospital during this period because obviously she needed more sterile environment with this major surgery she had on her back. She was in ICU for a while. So during that time, uh, my class who, because I taught them in second grade, a lot of those kids stayed with me in third grade. Um, so it's, it was really a family that we had developed in this classroom. So I don't know if I want to say every day. It might have been every day. At least every other day, we FaceTimed. The whole class FaceTimed Valentina. Thankfully, no administration <laughs> ever walked in during this because I wouldn't have lied. I would just be like, we're FaceTiming, FaceTiming Valentina. Please leave. Um, but we would FaceTime her and it became the joke time. So we would, we had a joke book. She came up with jokes or she and her mom looked on the internet for funny jokes and we would kind of prepare our FaceTime sessions around jokes. So it was a very happy time during the day because it was something that everybody looked forward to and it was all about laughter and the kids would take turns telling her jokes and she would take turns telling us jokes and everybody's laughing and everybody is extra quick to laugh because we all want it to be a positive experience. So it was just a wonderful time. And we also had this thing that one of the, she wasn't a nurse. I don't know what she was. She was a person that goes to the kids with cancer and she tries to play with them and basically brighten their day. This particular lady, mom and I were not totally crazy about. She was a little weird and she kind of lingered in the room. She didn't read the crowd. <laughs> but this one day she had this great idea. She asked me, oh, well, do the kids miss her? Well, obviously they miss her. So she was like, I'll be right back. So she comes back with this gigantic monkey stuffed animal. And I kind of thought to myself, what in the, I don't want a gigantic stuffed animal. What is this going to do for me? But then I looked into it and it's called Monkey in My Seat. And it was created by a mother who had a daughter. I think the daughter had cancer. And because you miss so much school, this gigantic monkey sits in the girl's seat when they're not there. If they're not feeling well or if at the hospital. So this monkey in the seat became a huge deal in my classroom. So every day we had someone in charge of the monkey in the seat. And the whole concept was the monkey was Valentina. The monkey took Valentina's place. So when you go to PE, Valentina would go to PE. So the monkey goes to PE. When you go to lunch, the monkey goes. When you go to special areas, the monkey goes. When you go to dismissal, the monkey goes. So this monkey was taken everywhere. And then the we were supposed to take the monkey to Valentina for the monkey to tell Valentina <laughs> about her day at school. And then the grandmother, um, which I didn't think of it until the grandmother brought it up, Valentina's grandmother, but she was kind of grossed out by the monkey because this, these kids are walking around the whole school with the monkey and then I bring it to a cancer patient in a hospital. Not the most sanitary thing to do. So we did stop bringing the monkey, but every morning the kids would come up, to, who's in charge of the monkey? And it was this big deal to, it was an honor. I shouldn't say it was a big deal. It was an honor to have to take care of the monkey for the day. 
So that was something that was fun in our classroom. It, it was weird for me because, like I said, it was such a devastating time, but I tried because they're still kids. So I tried to my best to make it positive. I know that sounds so weird. Obviously, it's not positive, but just a little bit more lighthearted and fun. We're trying to see the positives in life. And Valentina was so helpful with that. She was always looking on the bright side of everything and never complained. Never, ever, ever complained unless she was getting an IV that she was no good with. <laughs> I mean, who is? But she really hated that. So I did spend a whole lot of time with her in the hospital and some of it was teaching and some of it was just playing and some of it was singing a song. Oh my gosh, she loved this song. It's called Something I'm Good At. It's a country song. And she knew all the words and just loved singing it. So we would sing that together. Um, I would say at this point, when I, after her back surgery, I want to say I really stopped the consistency of the teaching because I didn't want to waste my time with her teaching and I didn't want to waste her time with me learning about math. Although I will say she had a true love for learning. So if I never had, it was never, okay, we're doing math now. It was like, okay, what did I miss today? So, but like I said, I just didn't want to use my valuable time teaching her about third grade math and reading passages. Oh my gosh. Another side note. Some people are just horrible. You know, I had a teacher at the school who was in charge of the ESC kids. And because of Valentina's condition, she was, uh, she had an IEP, an individual education plan. And just to accommodate her, um, basically her attendance and her hearing loss. But this teacher was telling me, well, how are you going to make sure that she passes the third grade portfolio? Third grade is this huge year for testing. And these kids have to take a test called the FSA. And if they don't pass it, they can fail third grade, which is absolutely ridiculous that you put such high stakes on an eight-year-old. But there's this thing called portfolio. And it's kind of the backup plan. And the teacher said, well, how is she going to take the portfolio? And I said, well, I'm going to take it to the hospital. And she can take it with me there you know I'll monitor her and I'll make sure that it's secure and no she's not cheating which I mean really do you care but apparently she cared and her response to me was well you can't really do that because you don't know if her fourth grade teacher is going to do that for her oh my goodness I let this lady have it I said first of all I will probably be her fourth grade teacher because this group of kids is obviously large where they need a teacher to keep traveling through grades and second of all, we don't even know if she's going to make it to fourth grade. So how, I don't understand why you're making such a big deal of this. I made her feel terrible. I didn't mean to make her feel terrible, but come on. I mean, this kid has cancer. It's not like she's got allergies. Oh, that lady really made me mad. I went to the principal and tattletold on her too. I'm really not a tattletale. I promise. I'm a nice person. I keep to myself. But if you mess with Valentina, that's, you're just, you're going to get it. <laughs> Okay, so sorry, I got sidetracked, but these adults just make me so mad. So at this point, Valentina is not coming to school anymore. It's kind of understood that she's not going to return to school anymore. But we did have two days where she came to school for special celebrations. So one of the days that she came was on Arbor Day. I had this idea to plant flowers, um really for Arbor Day, that's what I said, the kids is for Arbor Day, but really I wanted to plant the flowers for Valentina. And her favorite colors were pink and red. So I got these flowers that were pink and red. And she came that day and we all wrote our name on this big plastic pot. Her mom came, my dad came, and we all signed our names on the pot and planted the flowers together and learned how to take care of the plants and what responsibility that is and everything. That became just as much of a, again, I'm going to call it honor for the kids. Oh, can I go water the Valentina flowers? We call them Valentina flowers. Can I go water the Valentinas? Who's going to water the flowers? I want to water the flowers. <laughs> so between the monkey and the flowers, I was going a little crazy every morning. So we kind of became, we came up with a rotation to make all of our lives easier. But that day was so fun. And let me tell you something about those flowers. I am not a huge believer in 
I don't want to get, I don't want to upset people's views, but I'm not a huge believer in, oh, that was a sign from God of this, or this was a sign of this person who passed away. And I'm really not into that. But these Valentina flowers are something special. I'm going to do a little sidebar here because I'm going to go back to my train of thought with Valentina at school. But these flowers, so we planted them together. The kids watered them every day. So obviously they're going to thrive. That was expected. But over the summer, no one was watering them. I didn't take them home. And they were perfect and beautiful. Okay, fine. During the summer, it rains. That's expected too. You can say that. That whole next school year, I went to fourth grade. I always told the kids that I was going to leave that pot. There was an area right outside our room, our classroom, that was uh, with plants and grass. And that's where we left the flowers. So I always told the kids that I was not going to move that pot. It's always going to stay there. If you want to come water it next year, you come water it. You can come visit the flowers. That's where they will always be. So when I went to fourth grade, the watering of the flowers kind of died out a little bit those flowers were the most luscious set of flowers on the whole campus and no one was watering them i promise you no one was watering them we went from winter break you know went two or three weeks without water they still look beautiful the whole school year it looked like someone was taking care of them but nobody was i asked i asked the custodians i asked the administration i asked the other teachers around me nobody was taking care of them I guess it's possible that the students were, but something special. So then I wanted to plant these flowers in my house just because it, you know, connects me to Valentina. And I put them in this pot. I really don't have a green thumb. I don't water stuff. I'm just not good at it. I don't enjoy it. I forget about it. I'm not, you know, bad with it on purpose. It's just not my thing. So again, these flowers in this pot at my house now are thriving and I'm not taking care of them. So then all of a sudden, I don't know, a year later, the flowers died, which was kind of expected because I was not taking good care of them. And then I swear about a month later, after the whole pot is dead, I took all the flowers out and threw them in the garbage because they were crispy. I have these pavers in front of my house and in between all the cement pavers, there's um, a gap where there's rocks and some dirt. These freaking flowers started growing out of my pavers. I don't understand. They're thriving through the pavers and I will not weed them. I will not take them out. The lawn guy knows to not cut them because those are my Valentina flowers. Her mom comes to visit. I give her some of the flowers. We took some of them out of the paver because it's just so cool. And I kept one little tiny bunch of it. And now you should see my pavers filled, just luscious with these flowers. So again, not really a person who's into all these signs and everything, but these flowers, I will tell you, are something special. They're my Valentina flowers, and I just love them. Okay, I'm sorry for my little flower sidebar, but I just had to talk about those crazy little flowers. Anyways, going back to school, um, Valentina's birthday is in May, and her mom asked if we could do a little birthday celebration with the class to have everybody together again because like I said she was not coming to school anymore so we had this big <laughs> we had we decorated the room with these lol dolls I don't know if you guys know what those are but it's these weird little plastic dolls with big eyes and you decorate them she loved them so we had an lol birthday party and again thankfully administration didn't walk in I swear I I did do very good teaching these two years. But there were some days where, you know what, sometimes the lesson is not going to be math. Sometimes the lesson is how to appreciate a moment. So we did this big birthday party. And again, with that song, something I'm good at. So the kids knew that that song was her favorite. So we would play it whenever we would be doing centers or in the morning, I would play it before school had really started. So that song almost became our classroom theme song, I guess. And when she was there that day, we were all singing it and belting it out. But I will say that day was another weird, sad, happy day. Um, it, it's happy because it's a party and we're celebrating and it's her birthday. But I don't know if it was the medication or 
I mean, who knows what she was thinking because she knows she's sick again and she was in a wheelchair because remember I told you she was paralyzed. But she was just off that day. She didn't look present. She was there, but when the class was singing happy birthday, she was not smiling. She was just expressionless. And it was sad. It was sad to watch. And we did our best to make her happy and enjoy the day, but it was a very strange birthday to celebrate. And also kind of, I think mom and I both knew that it could possibly be her last that we celebrate together. Because you just don't know. I mean, inevitably, you have to understand that cancer could end poorly. So you always had to take every moment and live it with appreciation and kind of holding on tight to it which is something that I learned through this whole process that I mean eventually we're all gonna pass away that's just life but people don't live like that people live like they're gonna have eternal life and they just take days for granted they take moments for granted so it was we were really super aware of not doing that we were gonna make sure that we took every moment and took it in and held on to it tight and really lived it. Get off your phones and be present in the world. So we would, a lot more hospital visits. This time around when I was in third grade with her, I will say that I was not as consistent with the hospital visits because of the pregnancy. In the first trimester, I was exhausted. I guess just as a temper, uh, uh, sorry, a symptom of the pregnancy, but I was just so tired. It took everything I had to just finish my day at school. So some days I just didn't have enough to, to go visit her in the hospital. And I always felt so guilty not going, but I just couldn't do it. I was just too tired. I think between the pregnancy of it being a symptom of that and just, it's very taxing on a person mentally and emotionally to go through this and the roller coaster of the ups and downs and ups and downs. And it's just, it it was exhausting. So whenever I did go to visit, we would play. She loved making little, these little figurines. She'd make them out of Play-Doh and she was really good at it. She's very artistic, very creative. She'd make these little secret cards, I would call them maybe. And things would have secret compartments and things would pop up or things would have little pockets. And she was just so creative. So we would play a lot when I would visit. And she even made one of the last visits at the hospital that we did. She did this. She created a Pac-Man game and she would cut out the little ghosts and the cherries. And this girl just loved the artistic side of things and it was very cute to watch but at the same time impressive because she liked to draw and she was good at it so that was something that we would kind of cherish so fast forwarding a little more um the way I remember it Valentina's mom texts me so let me let me give you a little background her house it lives she lived on a lake and that lake that she lived on my mom lives on So it was kind of funny that, I mean, we probably like passed each other on the lake a few times when I was growing up. Her mom, at least, not Valentina. Obviously, she's much younger. But um, so I I would come to visit them sometimes at the house because it was so close to work and so close to my mom that I would just kind of do double whammy visits. And I remember Valentina's mom asking to talk. She wanted me to come over. And although I did visit and come over, it wasn't common for me to come over to talk. Especially, I remember this being in the evening. So I'm anticipating nothing positive, unfortunately. So I get there and Valentina's mom tells me that she spoke with the doctors. And after the back surgery, after the chemotherapy, there was basically nothing left to do. And I remember being outside with her, with her mom, and um, just hugging her and just saying, I'm sorry, because what do you say? There's nothing that anybody can say to make that moment okay. 
So we did our crying and we decided, or at least I decided in my head that we were going to spend as much time with her as possible and have fun and enjoy her, which is really how you should live life regardless. You should not have to have someone be sick to live life that way. And that was something that I truly was taught with through this experience. So I would go to school and then she lived less than a mile from the school. So I would go to school, I'd go to work and then I'd go to her house and we would just talk and play. I'd play, she had two uh, siblings. She had, there's a boy girl twin set. So I would play with them too because they were younger than her and they're going through it. Everybody was going through it. So we would just talk and play and I'd stay for dinner. um, And we just were enjoying our time while we had it. And as horrible as that is, it is, if you allow it to be, and if you are purposeful enough with it, it is a special way to live when you know, or it's a special way to live with someone when you know that their time is coming to an end soon, because you really make yourself so present and you make sure that you're not leaving anything undone. You're not leaving anything unsaid. Not, oh, I wish I had said this to her or anything like that. So as horrible as it is, if you allow it to happen, because I say if you allow it, because it is painful to live that way too. If you allow it to happen, if you allow yourself to feel that pain, it's also a very special way to appreciate life. So, um, on June 6th, I went to Valentina's house and we had what I call a maxi chat. That'll be another podcast, but I had a, one of my uncle, uh, years before Valentina, he passed away of cancer as well. And he want, he knowingly wanted to have that last conversation and where we just left everything on the line. You ask me anything you want, I'll answer it all. I'll ask you anything I want, you answer it all. And so he called it the maxi chat. So I call it the maxi chat with Valentina. And I will never forget that day. We were sitting in her living room and her mom, again, so gracious to leave. She went into her own bedroom and she was painting the room actually because they were trying to get ready to sell the house. And so she gave Valentina and me alone time, which I'm so grateful for because, again, as a parent now, I don't know if I would be selfless enough to share so much of my time with my kid who I know doesn't have a lot of time left. So I'm so forever grateful for her. And I know why she did it. She did it because Valentina loved it. So she's just a selfless person like that. But so anyway... On June 6th, Valentina tells me, I, I want to talk to you about something. And I said, okay. She said, I go, what, what do you want to talk about? And she goes, well, I've been waiting for the right time to talk to you about something. And this feels like the right time. I was like, oh gosh, okay. So backtrack really quick. I always tell Valentina that I love her. Every time I leave the hospital or dismissed her from school, I'd give her a hug goodbye and I'd, I love you. And she never said it back. And which is totally fine with me because I love her. If she doesn't want to say it back, that's fine. That's how I feel, which is another way that I, another thing that I learned from her. If you want, if you want to say it, just say it. You can't control what the person says or doesn't say back. But so during this time that she wanted to talk to some, to talk to me about something, she told me that I was like a second mom to her and that I was so brave and that I'm a warrior (laughs) and that I, sorry, (laughs) that I inspire her, which is totally crazy because what in the world am I a warrior for? (laughs) How am I inspiring her? Because she was the one teaching all the lessons. Sorry, I'm going to take a break just to catch my breath really quick. Okay, I'm back. Um, So she's telling me that I inspire her and that I'm like a second mom to her and 
that she she wishes that she could be like me. And I quickly interrupted her and told her that no, I am not a warrior. She's the warrior. I'm not the brave one. She is the brave one. She taught me what it truly means to be fearless. And I'm telling her these things because this is a maxi chat. We know what's happening right now. And I told her that, you know, again, remember that I'm pregnant. I, my due date was June 15th and this is June 6th. I told her that she taught me how to be a mom. Valentina was my first child. She was my first child before my first child. She taught me how to be a mom. Um, she taught me how to appreciate life on a daily basis and that she was the inspiration. So we're both crying hot messes on the couch, hugging and sobbing together. And she also goes on to explain that she had an idea. I don't remember if she explained this or if her mom explained this to me, but I think she explained it to me that she has this idea that when she's gone, this is what she's telling me. I just don't understand how this eight-year-old at the time was just so brave that when she's gone, she wants to be the wind. When you hear the wind, that that's going to be me. Holy moly. <laughs> this kid has decided what signal she's going to use to let us know that she's here. And it's going to be the wind. So a few days after that, I go to the house one more time. And she's in her mom's room this time in the bed. And the lights are off. Her grandmother's in the room. Mom actually had left to go run an errand. So it was just her grandmother and me. And again, kind of that weird situation for me because I, yes, I want time with Valentina, but I also know that grandma needs time with Valentina. So everyone's trying to be very uh, respectful, but also we all want our time. So the grandmother and I shared Valentina in the bed and we just kind of laid with her and stroked her head and um, Valentina was kind of in and out of it a little bit she was not really totally aware very tired very groggy and I knew that when I left that that was going to be the last time that I saw her so I said goodbye and I gave her a hug and told the grandmother, we call her Abby, told Abby that after they left, because I, Valentina's mom was moving, she was going to move to Loxahatchee. So after they left, after they moved, that I would still be here for anything that she needed. And I think we both knew that this was our final goodbye. So Valentina, um, uh, take a quick break real quick. So on the morning of June 12th, I get a text message from Valentina's mom that she passed away. And um, my water breaks the next day on June 13th. And the next morning on June 14th, my daughter Riley was born. So what a weird time to grieve the loss of a child. Again, I know Valentina was not mine. But to me, like I said, she was my first kid before my first kid. So what a weird time to grieve the loss of a child and welcome one into the world. A blessing and a disaster all in one. And we had a little ceremony at school, a celebration of life over the summer. And uh, we did a balloon release we kind of joked a little bit because we said that we were polluting everything, but then we didn't care because we were going to do a celebration for Valentina. So we uh, called all the kids because now school was out. School had just ended about two weeks before. So we had the kids come, whoever wanted to come. We had the kids come and the parents and just other school, the community, anybody in the community who wanted to join. And it was a lot of people. 
So we all had balloons. Mom, the other teacher that I had uh, shared those classes with, uh, her husband, because they got married, we all filled up the balloons with helium so that they'd actually float. And then when people arrived, we gave them permanent markers to write on the balloon a message to Valentina that she could read once the balloons reached her, which was beautiful and horrible at the same time. Every All of this, uh, this whole experience was beautiful and horrible, beautiful and horrible, beautiful and horrible. But that celebration was a nice, nice ceremony for her. So we, the principal, I remember, did a countdown. One, two, three. And I think we said, we love you, Valentina. And everybody released their balloons and we watched them all float away. And it was kind of a, a nice little way to have closure, I guess. I mean, you never have closure, but it was a nice way to have closure, at least at school. So throughout all of this, like I said, I learned one of my part, I I made a little speech at this ceremony. And part of what I said was that as a teacher, I always strive to, I'm going to change the world and I'm going to change everybody's life. And then you realize that actually making a difference and actually changing someone's life is way harder than you thought. (laughs) But I do think I changed, I positively changed Valentina's life. But I know for a fact that she changed mine. I never thought that that was going to happen when I started teaching. I never thought a kid was going to change my life, was going to teach me. Because they're kids. What could they possibly teach you? But no, this little girl taught me how to properly live life, which is such a blessing. And I am so appreciative of her for doing that for me. And for her mom and for her siblings and for her classmates, she's just, she was just an example of what it means to live life to the fullest. People always say that as an expression, but they don't really do it on a consistent basis or they don't really believe what they're saying. And I try my best. I have a pinky promise tattoo and part of that promise really was for my daughter I promised to be the best mom that I could possibly be for her. And, but it was also kind of a promise to Valentina of, I'm not going to forget the lessons you taught me because it's easy to remember it when you're grieving, when you're mourning, when it's fresh, it's sometimes that lesson is lost over time when life kind of keeps going on. So I promised her to keep that lesson in the front of my head and do my best to appreciate those around me and never leave anything unsaid or undone because you never know when people won't be here anymore. So with this, this is a very long podcast, I apologize, but um, this is just something that's very important to me and close to me. And if you're still here listening at this point, I appreciate you uh, sticking with me for this long. And um, thank you for taking this journey with me. And a huge shout out to Valentina's mom for allowing me to talk about this publicly. And I think it's, it is healing for me to, even though I've <laughs> cried a lot through this podcast, it is a healing thing to speak about her. Because as if we keep talking about her, her memory lives on. So that's always something that's nice for us. But thank you for joining me tonight. I appreciate you guys. And I look forward to the next time that we talk. I promise to make it something a little more lighthearted. But this was something that was important to me. So I wanted to do it first. And Valentina, as we always said to each other, I love you to the moon and back.